Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to the Bedtime Stories. My name is Pijn van der Sloot and these are my daily thoughts as an artist in Amsterdam during the COVID-19 crisis. So first of all, always a selection of things I have read in the news in the tsunami of information we are getting these days from uh, news channels or uh, social media. And uh, I just give my comments on it. Um, so let's hear them from today. So yeah, here comes the news of uh, 13th of April. And um, I will start with Netherlands as uh, usual. And uh, for the news in the Netherlands, I just wanted to say um, uh, a little comment about this uh, post I put on Facebook uh, to, uh, this morning. And I was a bit uh, pissed off, so it was uh, yeah, a bit um, p- pissed off uh, message. But it was about, I saw so many pictures of uh, so many Dutch being out on the tulip fields. I was talking that about uh, yesterday. Um, and um, yeah... I really was kind of like thinking why that's happening. And then I thought maybe it is, uh, the reason is that we are part of this like snowflake generation, they call it. Uh, it's because we see so many positive things on social media constantly, uh, which is uh, most of the time not real. So, every, so, you know, all these influencers and all sh- showing you this fake world of happiness. And uh, we only share um, mainly the happy things in our lives. Uh, so when we get bad news, people get really like, oh, what is this? I'm, uh, that's not why I'm uh, on Facebook for, or that's not why I'm on Instagram for. Um, and that's why they cannot react to, uh, yeah, like a, a big crisis like this pandemic, you know, like suddenly they're like, ah, I don't want to see these pictures of uh, doctors in the hospital. I don't want to see the numbers of so many deaths. Oh, give me, give me like more positive news. I'm I'm feeling anxious, you know, and um out of this reaction comes this uh, idea of like starting to read the articles that are like, yeah, let's re- relativate the thing. Um, you know, death is part of life and the philosophers uh, kind of having this story. That's, and everybody's sharing that because it's, it's a positive message. But the result of that is of that is that some people are like, ah, yeah, okay, it's not so bad. You know, it's part of life. And uh, why is everybody complaining and, uh, you know, like, okay, let's uh, organize a picnic in the park and uh, bring a bottle of Prosecco and, like, chill a little bit uh, with each other, you know? And that's not (laughs) the reaction we should be having, you know? So we have to learn to accept that um, negative news on your social media uh, at the moment is just uh, also needed to create the awareness. And... um, what also comes down, so this is kind of like the more younger generation, the ones that are really not following the social distancing uh, mainly here in the Netherlands. It's like the young people organizing parties and going outside and this kind of stuff. Uh, and as always, eh, I'm speaking about the the group that is doing that because there is also a huge part of the population that is following the rules. Um and then there is a group of uh, a bit more older people that are like, yeah, we should be nice to each other, you know, like we have to treat each other with respect and be nice. And 
I totally agree with that. But if people are so ignorant that they're still not following the social distancing rules, I think the time to be nice to them is it's also over, you know, like we should be able to be like, yo, what the fuck? Guys, why are you in groups of like hundreds on the tulip fields making selfies? You know, like it's just crazy. So uh, if somebody shares something like that online, like and pissed off, you shouldn't be like, oh, don't be, don't bring the negative news. Be like, no, this is not for you. You know, are, are you there on the field? No. Okay, then maybe uh, uh, you are doing a good job. So and just put it aside, you know, like accept the news that is not positive and just uh, give it a place or d do something with it, you know, like use this anxiety many people are feeling to actually act and uh, try to uh, help uh, us get through the crisis together. Anyway, that, that was uh, about uh, the message I put on, uh, on Facebook. And um, yeah, I get a bit frustrated because I think if it goes like uh, worse, like ho let's hope not, but if that happens, uh, yeah, the fault is uh, also of these people that are not following the social distance rule, that then the measures are going to be even harder, you know, like then you're thinking of a lockdown and this kind of things, like a really like a, not like this uh, intelligent lockdown, like they call it here. Um, and I, of course, believe that uh, the way how the government is communicating about the crisis uh, plays a huge role in yeah, how serious uh, people are taking it. Um, so yeah, anyways, that for the Netherlands. Uh, I read something about uh, Asia that uh, is happening now that many factories, this is about the fashion industry in Asia. So many factories that are producing uh, clothes there for the Western markets, they are, all the orders are being canceled at the moment. So what happens is that um, they are stuck there with like a lot of clothes for like really big companies and the containers are uh, there the clothes are made and are ready to be shipped and now suddenly the western brands are like uh, no yeah we are not going to be able to sell them so we don't want them um, but they still also didn't pay for it uh, even though those factories over there they already produced it so yeah they were they were a little bit pissed off to this big brands like um, what the hell you order and now suddenly you don't want to pay because there's a pandemic like um, there is also a, a, a lack of solidarity in the, in the fashion world uh, being exposed at, with this situation. Um, and I mean, uh, how the factories, uh, the conditions people are working there anyways are totally crap. So um, I think this is the moment to like, uh, as I said in my manifesto, uh, rest in peace, fast fashion, you know, like uh, fuck those brands, you know, Primark, what the hell, let's just not ever go shop there anymore uh, and all these other fast uh, fashion brands you know like it's uh, it's over like this is another example like how they are treating uh, the workers in Asia that are producing it and uh, yeah there are many 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 more th reasons why we should boycott the whole uh, fast fashion thing and focus on designers that are making uh, yeah sustainable clothing uh, on a smaller scale than uh, such a huge companies. Um, and then, oh, it's going to be a long one, the, the news today. Um, then I wanted to speak about uh, Jordi Evole, that's the journalist in Spain that is doing this uh, once a week show. It's kind of like he interviews all different people about the corona uh, issues. Um, and today he was interviewing... 
And uh, today was uh, before I started. He said, or somebody on his show said, um, let let's not hope that we will forget about the crisis that is happening now when it's over, like we do when um, when we have a toothache, you know, like uh, when one of your teeth hurts and then you're like, ah, it's hurting, ah, it's really annoying. And then uh, you're like thinking maybe I should go to the dentist or not. And then suddenly it, it goes less and then it disappears. Um, because I think in this crisis, we are in the point that we should actually pull out the teeth. <laughs> we have a, a, a tooth a pain and let's just, the uh, solution is to take out the teeth and then, uh, yeah, you cure this pain uh, for, for the rest of your life. <laughs> I thought it was a funny metaphor. But anyways, he was interviewing uh, some people and uh, one of the uh, persons interviewing was uh, Residente. Um, yeah, he's a, a rapper from Puerto Rico and re really big in uh, Latin America. And uh, yeah, he's also a friend of mine, so it was nice to see him on that show. Um, and um, yeah, he was speaking about that um, we are able as a humanity to always survive this kind of huge crises. You know, like we had many in the past. We, it's not that the, the humanity, humans are going to be extinct or anything like that. What we have to do is learn from these situations because um, uh, that is the most important. Otherwise, all the losses uh, that are happening like uh, are going to be in vain. So it's very important to learn now and to change our way of life uh, based on this uh, type of huge global crisis. And yeah, I really agreed with him. And uh, yeah, he owns the, my work Unfollow, which uh, I think is like maybe the best work I've made in the past five years. Uh, so yeah, it's very nice that it's uh, at this place. And then he was also uh, uh, putting on his program like some videos about the girl that just graduated from uh, to be a nurse. And then uh, she was filming herself on the first day to her job to the hospital. And she was... Uh, yeah, uh, the the COVID nineteen uh, the COVID nineteen virus just started to uh, really hit in the hospitals. So she had a couple of videos, you know, like day one till uh, I, I don't remember exactly, like two weeks later, uh, and she was filming uh, her reaction and uh, giving a little bit, you know, like what I'm doing with the podcast, you know, telling her story uh, on a daily basis. And uh, yeah, it was heartbreaking to see because she was like just graduated and she had no experience. And suddenly after a, a week, uh, some patients of her started dying and then she had to talk to family and all this kind of like horror dramas that come out of the hospital with, uh, with the corona. Uh, and she was like, yeah, I never trained for this, you know, like in, in such a way uh, I had no experience. And uh, yeah, it was really heartbreaking to see how she was dealing also as a, as a human with it, uh, how difficult it was. And yeah, I hear this this uh, stories of nurses and doctors in the Netherlands also. It's like really, uh, they're really putting their their uh, life on the line, you know, because they're working with people that are infected. But the, after they finish working, they also have to go home, you know. And home, they also have a family, you know. They also have grandparents that are in the risk group. Um, so yeah, it, it, we should really, really uh, try to support uh, these people that are now working in places where uh, they can get infected really easily uh, and uh, and show our, our respect. And uh, yeah, to help them, we can really, you know, stay at home is like a great way of helping them. Uh, so I cannot repeat that enough. And then uh, to finish in the Jordi Evelyn, 
he also uh, had uh, another uh, person he was uh, interviewing and that was uh, Ricardo Darín he's an Argentinian um, actor and he had this um, very nice metaphor that I loved and I wrote it here in, in my uh, sketchbook and it was like cuando llueve nos mojamos todos and that's translated to when it's raining we all get wet um, and I wanted to add to that that um, yeah so it's raining it's actually storming maybe uh, you could say and uh, to stay dry you can stay inside uh, but it's also very important to remember that there are people around the world that are not that don't have a house so they cannot stay inside for whatever reason you know this is a bit more metaphorical uh, so we have to, you know, send them umbrellas, uh, the ones uh, that uh, actually have a house. And with that, I mean like countries and governments uh, that are more privileged. They should really uh, help the ones that need it right now. Um, so, yeah, for example, the European Union is still like they're really, really not getting this like of this collaboration off the ground. And I read the Spanish news, for example, and it's like, yeah, how they write about the Dutch, it's like crazy. And yeah, being here, yeah, they just put it all to, all in perspective, you know, like, yeah, no, but we have to go do good um, agreements and we can just not send money like that. And I understand that, you know, like you have to think also in the future, but just the idea that you're not solidaire, that's uh, in all this Southern European countries is there, you know, like, and uh, it's very difficult to take away now. And that's because how the Dutch reacted in the, in the first moment of this European Union uh, uh, meetings. Anyways, I spoke 30 minutes on the news. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, it was only, not only news. It was also about uh, yeah, what, what people are uh, saying about the situation. So, yeah, that was for today. I also like to share my personal experiences during this crisis because it helps me a lot to share them. Um, and also, I think it's interesting to see how everybody deals with them. Uh, I'm a visual artist myself uh, and that's the scene I work in. So usually it's related to uh, art um, and also how I deal with this crisis on a more visual level, like the things I'm making these days. Let's hear them. What are you doing, Pijn? Yeah, what I've been doing, so I will keep it short uh, because I spoke so much on the news, so I don't want to make a podcast of, uh, of an hour. Uh, today we plant all our vegetables and herbs in our uh, pots that we have in our little balcony, uh, which was very nice to do. We also had uh, Eastern uh, brunch with my whole family uh, online, and that was just amazing to see everybody. We come from a really big family. And it was super funny and uh, yeah, we shared, uh, everybody shared uh, kind of how they're going through it and uh, yeah, it was beautiful uh, conversations. I really liked it. It really cheered, cheered me up today. And then, um, yeah, today I also started this uh, new initiative called Pets Against Corona. First it was Cats Against Corona because it was based on Salchicho, my cat. I'm going to make her internet star. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then people were like, hey, what about my dog? And what about it? And then I was like, ah, yeah, of course, I should I have to change it to pets against Corona. 
And uh, I told yesterday in the podcast the idea. Uh, so yeah, people are already sending me pictures of their uh, pets and I designed posters with it. Send it back and uh, you can all share it online. And then I had uh, one more uh, about my manifesto of solid solidarity. Um, one uh, friend of mine, Scott, he is also an artist and uh, art teacher. He asked me like, hey, can I share this manifesto with my students? Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, of, of course. Would you like some like more background information on how I wrote the manifesto and why I did it like this and why I included this performance with it? And then uh, I wrote a very nice email to him about that all. And that was also very nice because I suddenly was putting all these ideas that were more like uh, intuition, intuition, yeah, like based on intuition uh, that were in my mind and that made me do the manifesto. Suddenly I was putting them really ordered uh, in an email with references and links and images. Uh, and I thought it was great. And uh, yeah, maybe I'm going to make a new video in which I explain it again or uh, yeah, I thought maybe uh, can be uh, a, li a little yeah lecture or something like this. I thought it was super interesting to see how that all started to connect into the manifesto. Um, yeah, let's see. Or, or the, uh, yeah, I don't know. I will think about it. <laughs> This chapter is called Humanity 20. And Humanity 20, um, I came up with that name because we have to be one step ahead of COVID-19. Uh, we are humanity living in 2020. And here I share all the nice initiatives that I see that are appearing around me to try to fight this virus and try to unite uh, the people and uh, create new, uh, strong and uh, communities full of solidarity and empathy to each other. Ha! Humanity 20! Yeah, today I will uh, drop uh, one, one name here and it's called the Stay Homas. <laughs> Maybe you heard about the guys. Uh, they live in Barcelona and it's uh, three guys that uh, live in the same house and they are all three musicians. So when the quarantine quarantine started, they decided to uh, like do this uh, daily songs uh, about Corona and they put it online and it went like really viral. And um, uh, through uh, my flatmate, uh, we started listening to them and they have two like really super catchy, funny songs. Um, one is a bit like reggae and the other one is a bit more hip hop uh, dub or something. And uh, so, yeah, check them out. The Stay Homas, they are the everywhere on YouTube and Instagram and everything. And they make super funny music. Um, and it's very nice to see like how uh, a friendship uh, like this uh, living in, in, in the house can turn to be uh, a, yeah, a band now that's uh, going viral all over the world. They invite on the, on the phone always like guest uh, singers or rappers and then they include them in the song. And uh, yeah, it's very nice uh, art form, music like... Uh, I enjoy a lot. Uh, many people are sending me like uh, recommendations of songs or bands uh, to listen to. So my uh, playlist COVID-19 is also like really growing with uh, very cool uh, new bands and songs. Yeah, and now we arrive to what I think is maybe the most fun part of this podcast, and that is you. 
because I invite everybody to send me a voice message uh, on this app or through the mail uh, in which yeah you tell me and all of us that are listening uh, how you're dealing with the crisis at this moment uh, what are nice initiatives that are happening uh, or just your opinions or you can tell me uh, sing a song or a poem or anything goes uh, so yeah, let's hear which ones we received today. I'm, uh, I'm curious. And we arrived to the last chapter of this podcast and that, that is always uh, the fellowship. And uh, this is uh, uh, the part where I analyze the books of Tolkien. Uh, especially the Lord of the Rings, because I see a parallel with the story of those books, with uh, the crisis we are confronting at the moment. And in short, it means, it goes like this. Sauron, the bad guy, um, equals capitalism, consumerism, bio-industry, corruption, greed and fear. So actually all the things we think are wrong in the world we are living in now, today. And the ring, the one ring equals uh, COVID-19. And then we arrive to the fun part, and that is the fellowship of the ring, which is uh, the humankind uh, working together. And in this um, chapter of, of the podcast, I will go deeper into some of the characters. Um, so yeah, let's hear which one we have today. Alright, yeah, today I wanted to speak about Merry and Pippin. And uh, Merry and Pippin are two hobbits that kind of, uh, by coincidence, meet uh, Sam and Frodo when they are already uh, starting their journey. And they join them. Um, so they, they are uh, four hobbits that uh, are in the fellowship. And these two are actually, uh, yeah, some of my favorite characters because they are very funny. Uh, humor plays a very important uh, role uh, in uh, in those characters, and uh, but also also nice about them is that they very much enjoy the very uh, all the little things in life. You know, like um, they like to dance, they like to sing, they like to drink beers. <laughs> Eat e- eating is very important for them. Like in the movie, you have this famous. Um, uh, what about uh, breakfast? You already had one. What about second breakfast? Um, so yeah, this really symbolizes um, this uh, this duo, Merry and Pippin, um, and um, yeah, so and they stay fit. That's very important, and they uh, cheer other people up. Um, so yeah, this is a very easy role to uh, play in the COVID nineteen uh, crisis. You can uh, you can be Merry and Pippin, you know, and I can try to keep the spirits high, uh, help other people. Uh, to do that and uh, also for artists uh, in, in whatever pro- profession, you know, like music, uh, visual arts, design, whatever. Um, yeah, there is a role for there in the in the Mary and the Pippins. And um, what is one, uh, because I always Googled so- something about uh, the fellowship when I, when I do this chapter and then I was reading now this article about uh, things... Um, about Mary and Pippin that you might not have known. And, well, I, I of course, knew them all because <laughs> I'm uh, w- way too nerdy for this shit. But um, there is one, and that is that uh, Mary and Pippin, at one point in the Two Towers, the second book, 
they enter the forest of Fangorn, Fangorn. And in that forest, they meet the ants. And the ants are uh, the guardians of the trees, um, like the shepherds of the trees. Very old creatures, very, very old. Super wise. Um, and they look like big walking trees. Um, and I will talk about them later because in my uh, analysis, I think they are the true face of nature. Um, and um, what happens is that Mary and Pippin arrive there and they drink uh, a water from the forest. And that water that they drink there uh, makes them grow because hobbits are like really uh, small usually compared to humans or elves. Um, and they drink it there and they don't realize it themselves yet uh, until they are back in the Shire after everything is finished, the whole uh, adventure. And then they are the biggest hobbits in, in, the, in the Shire after they come back. And so there is a growth, physical growth in their um, characters. And I have been speaking about this growing already before, uh, about the let's grow together. Uh, so growing is a very important uh, thing uh, during a crisis like this. And so let's say Mary and Pippin are the artists, you know, that uh, cheer people up, uh, use humor, uh, you know, memes, making memes for awareness. This might be a, like a very Mary and Pippin thing, you know, create something funny that people, that is easy to digest, um, but they, at the same time creates awareness. Um, so I was doing some Mary and Pippin in the, <laughs> in the past weeks when I was making the memes. Um, but anyway, so so let's say uh, you're an artist that is playing this role of Mary and Pippin. Um, getting close to nature means growth. So this entering the, the forest of Fargorn, um, you drink there the, the, the water of, of the nature and that makes you grow as an artist, let's say. Um, oh, I almost dropped my phone. So I think... Uh, as an artist, we should really start to be aware of the nature. Um, and then we can grow as, a, as an artist. I think that's what we can learn from uh, Mary and Pippin. And I know many artists that are actually doing this, uh, taking, the, for example, the climate change uh, um, threat very se seriously and using art to, yeah, to react on that or uh, people that use nature in their artworks, yeah. Uh, Herman de Vries is one example, Dutch artist. I'm very big fan of him. Um, uh, maybe I'll share some images of his work tomorrow. Um, anyways, yeah, I could be talking for hours about this, uh, the fellowship, so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna leave it here. Um, if you have ideas about the fellowship, let me know and uh, let's discuss them. So that was the post podcast for today thank you very much for listening uh for anyone that is listening uh stay safe stay fit stay positive and stay at home um and to the people that are working in the vital professions of uh, our society thank you very much uh, i always leave the podcast with a song and today i will play you el aguante by uh, calle 13 that's uh, the uh, yeah, hip-hop band of uh, Residente I was speaking before. And um, I will give you a little bit an intro and I'll otherwise just uh, look it up. 
because I do attach it here in my podcast, but I'm hearing that it's not like really working, the songs I'm putting, but you can just uh, look them up in Spotify or whatever. See you tomorrow. Bye.